0: Good morning, brother. How are Good you? Good morning, Mike. I'm well. How you doing? I am well. I am far out, solid, and right on, or as G Gordon Liddy used to say, "I am virile, vigorous, and potent."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, brother, what's your school schedule like? Is the school in session all the way through next week, and then you take the week off for Christmas off? yes we're we're um let's see i think the last days i you know what i have
1: to look at the calendar but uh we we have we're still in school now and uh yeah in fact um we have school well okay so christmas is on a monday this year yep so we do we have school all next week and um our christmas vacation starts uh Ironically enough, on Christmas Day, it goes all the way to, the, to, the,
0: to, to um, th- that whole week. You could almost go for the, the, the following week, then you would just take it basically to Epiphany.
1: Yeah, um, let's see. You know, I, I, don't, I, I have December in front of me. That's all right, actually, brother. We, yeah, yeah, actually, we, we, uh, we start on Wednesday the 3rd okay there
0: you go well uh, I, I I only ask us to see uh, what the, what kind of works you will be doing next week we will work all next week as well and look forward to the Christmas break that will come our way the uh, the following week and then the New Year's break that we traditionally take um, uh, uh, brother has it gotten New England cold yet oh yes sir we've had uh, we, we've had uh, freezing
1: we've had snow already although it didn't stick around. Um. Yeah. Two days ago, it rained cats and dogs. So then, we every year for the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, we have a um, uh, a bonfire, and we have a little oh. procession with a statue of Our Lady of Guadalupe that we have. Somebody gave us years ago, and uh, we, we uh, two guys carry that in their shoulders, and we walk around the campus a little bit, and then we have a big old bonfire. And uh, we sing uh, hymns in honor of Our Lady. Um, I, all this starts with the, the ro- first the rosary and then yours truly telling telling the story of Our Lady of Guadalupe to the uh, assembled multitudes. And then we do the uh, procession singing and then uh, and then the bonfire and, um, and 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 pyrotechnics. the last couple of years we've had some pyrotechnics <laughs> and, la- and last night you should have heard the the little churins, as you call them, um, <laughs> oohing and eyeing at, at our at our uh, modest but still slightly impressive array of pyrotechnics.
0: Yeah, well, uh, pyrotechnics always do get the attention and uh, the excitement of the eyes and ears of little churins because they don't know any better. They don't know that you can blow your hand off.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, but it, it was it was uh, it was f- it was great because the, the the guy who who bought the fireworks uh, found uh, this one thing I don't know what you call them I mean, they all have goofy names but found this one thing that the colors of it matched perfectly with Our Lady of Guadalupe I mean actually you can't match that Tilma color perfectly it's it's an almost impossible color to get right but but it was close and it had it had red it had blue and it had that sort of turquoisey green kind of thing. And uh, it was very impressive that he got the colors. I mean,
0: um, so, yeah, that was nice. Have you seen the meme where the bishop of Tepeyac or Mexico City, as it is today, is showing uh, the, uh, the, uh, the framed and well-protected actual original uh, uh, Tilma of uh, San Juan Diego to Hillary? Have you seen Th- the H- meme? H- H- Hillary Clinton? She was Secretary of State, so she went to Mexico City. Oh, you
1: know, I think I remember when that happened. I think think.
0: he's showing it to her. And she goes, oh, wow, that's very nice. Uh, Who painted it? And the bishop just turns and goes like, God. God. (laughs) Oh, okay, that's what he said. Good. Yeah, well, <laughs> who painted it? <laughs> Perhaps you heard of her. Her name's Mary. <laughs> that's
1: kind of that's kind of the point. Yeah, that that nobody really painted it. It's...
0: Uh, okay. We could talk about a lot today. Today's feast day of Saint Lucy. Uh, I think we talked about Saint Lucy last year, and it wasn't her feast day, so we uh, we kind of stretched it a little bit. Um, uh, there is still the uh, the human catastrophe or the catastrophe in, in humanitarian terms that is going on in uh, what was called the Gaza Strip, what remains of Palestine. And now the Israelis, not content with indiscriminately killing uh, there, have now also begun attacking and assaulting areas of Lebanon. Um, uh, But but don't worry, because Putin is going to take over the world and expand his territory. Uh, But that's a subject for another day. Uh, The longer this goes on, and the more I see the carnage, and I see even the editors of the New York Times going like, okay, we have to try and at least protect like we're trying to mitigate this. So they published an editorial two days ago that was written by people that run secular, humanitarian, charity, uh, charitable groups. I'm not gonna sit here and have a, 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 cause I read the essay earlier on air. I'm not gonna have a discussion or entertain one about who these people are and what their entities are. I'm just going to I'm just gonna extend to them an olive branch and go like, okay, these people are trying to do the right thing. I don't know for a fact that they are, or that they are on the up and up, but I do know that they are very popular and prevalent nonprofits. There are five of them. They wrote an editorial. Here is a headline. We are no strangers to human suffering, but we see nothing like the siege of Gaza. I already know where you stand on most of this. And I am trying to communicate to our listeners, many of whom still remain thirsty for knowledge, and uh, remain in very furious debates and discussions amongst their friends and family members over this Israeli state and over the purported necessity of all Christians to protect it at all means and at all cost. And that anything that they do in the name of Jews and Israel is something that we're all supposed to just cheer for because it's, I guess, God's will to kill women and children and to cause human mystery and suffering unlike anything that's been seen since Yemen in 2015 to 2017, all in the name of the Jewish state and Jew holiness and the holiness of the chosen people of Israel. So we've already had discussions about this. So I I thought that maybe I could move the discussion a uh, 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 a little deeper, and in preparation for this, you might be proud of me, brother. I began with Genesis chapter one, verse one, and I have now read all the way through. The uh, I did this in one and in, in two days to to prepare for this, so I could know a little bit more about what you were talking about when you talk about Abraham. I have now read all the way through the saga of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot being assaulted by his daughters, and then we're back to Abraham. So that's where I left it at. Um, And I still have many questions that I can ask my sensei here, Brother Andre, but I'm just going to start with this, because someone sent me this almost jeeringly or snidely going like, well, you obviously aren't a very good Catholic because you don't know about the two covenant promises and that those Jews are keeping this first covenant promise and we Christians are keeping the second one. And I went, you know what? I don't know about that. So I looked it up or I started looking it up and you might have heard Isaac Conus call me yesterday and try to explain it um, what can you tell our listeners who may also hear about the two covenants and that, well, I'll let you explain what uh, what, what, the, what the two covenants are uh, what can you just tell our listeners about the two covenants and should there be two?
1: Well first of all there's are covenants between God and men I mean the 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 Jews themselves have a thing they call the Noahide laws, which they insist that all the Gentile nations are bound to. And the uh, so God made a covenant with Noah, right? Right. Uh, and this is before the covenant with Moses. Okay. God made a covenant with Abraham, and in that covenant with Abra the, the the covenant that He made with Abraham was unconditional, right? It was unconditional. He promised Abraham that from from him would come from his seed would come the expectation of the nations, right? He, he promised Abraham um, <clears throat> that his descendants would number as the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky and so forth, right? Yep. The promises made to Abraham were irrevocable, irrevocable. Later on, there was a covenant made with Moses, through Moses, he Moses was the mediator of the old law. Now what's confused it's, it's very confusing, Mike. So people have to pay attention. Okay. So stop pe- multitasking. Stop multitasking and pay attention. Yes. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to uh to, to those who might be, you know, I don't know, filing their nails or something. Okay. Um you got to pay attention because this is a point of great confusion. When you read many of the um, like medieval scholastics and so forth, they talk about the old law. Most of us assume that when they talk about the Old Law, we're talking about the entirety of the Old Testament, and, and, you know, the, 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 all of those books going from Genesis all the way up to Second Maccabees. And what what they mostly mean, what they usually mean when they say the Old Law, is the Mosaic Law, the Mosaic Law with its six hundred and thirteen mitzvot, its six hundred and thirteen individual laws. Most of them prohibitions, but uh, you know. 300 something prohibitions and 200 something um, uh, uh, demands, right? Positive prescriptions, Pers- prescriptions and proscriptions, right? Positive and negative. So most of them are negative, Some of them, uh, the, the rest are positive. That mosaic law, which St. Peter says in Acts, none of us could actually keep, that's what most of the commentators, like St. Thomas, for instance, uh, mean, that's what they're referring to and they refer to the old law or the old dispensation. And uh, now, when they're more specific, and they talk, they, they'll talk about the law of nature as it existed between Adam and God. But then, uh, you know, after the deluge, there was the covenant between God and Noah. But the covenant made with Abraham was irrevocable and not to be changed. The covenant made with Moses was conditioned, and it was conditioned on the fidelity of the people to the covenant. It was a bilateral. It was a bilateral contract. And it was definitively violated by the uh, offending party. And let me just give you a hint: it wasn't God. Okay. <laughs> and because it, because it was violated, it was superseded. Now, he, now here's here's a key to to understanding this: that um, in the prophecy of Jeremiah, and I frankly I'd like to get it up in front of in front of my face because it's it's Jeremiah's. It's an easy it's an easy. Um, um, Verse and, and, and uh, chapter and verse to remember, because it's Jeremiah 31, 31. And the entirety of chapter 31 of the prophecy of Jeremiah is um, prophetical of the days of the Messiah. Um, uh, okay, so Jeremiah 31, 31. I would have to run to the... Behold, the days shall come, saith the Lord, and I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of Egypt, the covenant which they made void, and I had dominion over them, saith the Lord." But this covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will give my law in their bowels, and I will write it in their heart, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Now, that covenant, it, it, it continues, but this new covenant is the covenant that Jesus Christ established. This is the covenant in the blood of Christ. So, when our Lord says, and we use it in the words of consecration in the holy sacrifice of the mass... Um, this is, the, this is the chalice of my blood, of the new and everlasting covenant, he's echoing but altering the words of Moses when, when uh, all of the appurtenances of the, of the uh, tabernacle are made so that the worship could be made according to the Mosaic law under the priesthood of Aaron, the, uh, and, and the ironic, you know, Levite priests, right? Okay. Um, when all of that stuff is done, God says to consecrate it all with blood. So they have this massive sacrifice of all of these animals, and Moses dips, I think it's a branch of hyssop, into the, into the blood, and he sprinkles, get this, he sprinkles the, 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 the temple, he sprinkles the appurtenances, that is, say, the furnishings and the vessels and everything associated with the temple, and he sprinkles the people. It must have been a gory mess, because he's flinging blood all over the place. And he says, This is the blood of the covenant. Our Lord then says, This is my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. He's echoing, again, but altering the words of Moses. Moses' covenant wasn't everlasting, it ends. And it ends when Jeremiah says it, it ends. It was made void. They made it void. Those who, those who violated the bilateral contract. God was no longer obliged to the law of Moses. He, he, that, 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 that covenant was violated. The promises made to Abraham are irrevocable and St. Paul is explicit on this point. And what and what what were those promises? He made the promises to Abraham and to his seed. And as Saint. Paul says in the Epistle to the Galatians, if you are Christ's, then you are the seed of Abraham, heirs according to the promise. So this idea of two side- by side covenants is sheer heresy. No one ever believed that. No Christian ever believed that. Until you end up getting these Zionist uh, Christians, who are were at first a a, a, a minuscule subset of Protestants, uh, and you know fairly early on in the history of Protestantism, but they were minuscule. They were they were more radical uh, Protestants. Luther, most mainstream Protestants didn't believe this stuff. Luther certainly didn't believe it. He was actually a vicious anti-Semite. And I mean that literally, because anti-Semitism is race hatred. It's based upon hatred of Jews because they have Jewish blood. No Catholic can be an anti-Semite in the literal sense of that word. Now, anti-Semitism has been given a very, nobody wants to define it. So, if somebody calls you an anti-Semite, the first thing you should do is say, define the word because you're going to find it's a very elastic word and it has all kinds of d- different shades of meaning given to it. And it, it, it generally means somebody who has a theological problem with Judaism and or uh, a problem with the modern state of Israel. And that's, I mean, but but but... A, a Semite is a descent is literally a descendant of Sem. So, ironically enough, Arabs are more Semites than most people who call themselves Jews today. Okay, can I so,
0: uh, can I just uh, pause you real quick? Because I, so, I I just read this. I told you I just read it. So, I that's one of my questions that I had written down for you. Because know, as I'm reading, it, it's going like, well, wait a minute. That would make Ismail's the the, the seed of Ismail. He came from Sem. That would make them Semites too, wouldn't it? Absolutely. So that's Arabs what I read or go okay, well how come the Arabs aren't Semites then?
1: They are Semites. That's, they okay. absolutely are Semites. Nobody actually disputes that seriously. But when the word anti Semitism was coined, it was coined as a weapon, essentially. I believe it was in France by French Jews, but I but 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 don't quote me on that. I'm not Okay. I'm not certain. You can quote me, but just say that I wasn't certain. <laughs> okay. I mean I said it publicly, right? So but yeah, but 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 uh, you know, but anti-Semitism. I insist, and E. Michael Jones is is, is on this too. <laughs> I heard you talk about him yesterday. Yeah, E. Michael Jones is 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 uh, he's hot and cold, right? So, uh, 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 but anyway, when he's right, he's so right. He's like the girl with the little cur- curl in her forehead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when he's good, he's very very good. Um, and you know the rest, but anyway, he's very good on this point. Is that anti-Semitism is a racial category, and it's like saying it's like say, it's like it's like somebody saying, you know, we really have to enforce the laws and and put criminals in jail. And somebody says, well, you're obviously a racist because look at the statistics for crimes. No, that's not racism. That's I, I'm for justice. I don't care who it is that goes to jail, as long as they you know as long as they've been given a proper. Uh, uh, access to defending themselves in a court of law if they find guilty of a crime they should be incarcerated. You know, the p- people cry racism all over but but, uh, but so if you're, if, so quite literally if you're opposed to Arabs you're also an anti-Semite. If, you're, if you have race, ha- race hatred for Arabs you're actually an anti-Semite. But yeah, but, so the covenant thing is, so, but if anti-Semitism is defined as a theological difference with, with, with Jews then, I mean, all Christians for all times are always anti-Semites until Christian Zionism came around. But that's a bad definition of the term. I absolutely reject that definition, and that's why I absolutely reject the term being applied to me. I don't hate Jews. I don't to, either. To hate, to, hate, to, to, to hate somebody because he's belongs to this, this category is, is simply wrong. Um, I mean... You know, it, it, of course, it depends on how you define the word hatred because, of course, there, there, even with an Old Testament pedigree, ironically enough, King David said, Have I not hated thine enemies? Yea, Lord, I have hated them with the perfect hatred. And in his commentary on the Psalms, Saint uh, Robert Bellarmine says that here, hatred means a, um, a a strong resistance to the machinations of evil people. So if you have a strong resistance, say, to the machinations of the ADL, or of the zionists themselves or of of some you know some people who are jewish who are working on some anti-christian agenda well that would be the old testament sort of davidic type hatred that's different than what most people mean by hatred and that's why we have to that's why when we get into these see these people they they create their own narratives And they define the terms the way they want them defined. And that's why I demand, define the word. Uh,
0: Define the word. I, I think that the, 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 that is a good thing to do. Um, uh, and I'm going to give you a, uh, an example uh, of this. is Actually, uh, it appears today at amgreatness.com. And uh, someone asked me at the Catholic Land Movement, why should I trust you and your radio show to give me the news and uh, to get around and get the truth? And I said, okay, I want to give you just here. here. Here's the Cliff Note answer. Um, I am in a forever uh, in my human uh, existence here pursuit of the truth, and uh, I pursued the truth through uh, the uh, through acknowledging that reality exists. What is truth? Conformity of the mind to reality. So, what is what is foundational thing about my truth? Is that the incarnation happened? The Immaculate Conception happened. The incarnation happened. The virgin birth happened. Our Lady remained perpetually a virgin. The life and times of our Lord in the last three years of his life happened. It's recorded by Josephus and other Jewish historians. This is a fact. The, the, the crucifixion of our Lord occurred. This is a fact recorded, recorded by the same historians. Uh, our Lord rose from the dead, again, attested to by the Pharisees, who went and sought Pilate, in so many other ways, but who went and sought Pilate out and said, hey, you need to put seals on that tomb. They're gonna steal him. Well, because they feared the resurrection, the resurrection occurred, the time in between occurred, and then the ascension occurred, and then the church that was founded in his name persists to this day despite the imbecility of the almost comedic imbecility of the human element from time to time. So, and I say, I can form my mind to that reality, and I'm always in pursuit of it, and to learn from it. I don't take detours into Judaism. I don't take detours into Protestantism. I don't take detours into agnosticism. I don't de- take detours, or at least I try not to. So uh, I'm at least pointed, I'm always pointed in the right direction. and People under me are pointed in the right direction, or I'll correct them. Can you say that about your news source, who claims that Rupert Murdoch is the truth, or who claims that in Dennis Prager, for example? I'm like, no, you can't. And and, um, and and so I told this 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 woman. I guess she didn't believe me because she didn't become a listener. <laughs> she never signed up. But uh, I I I told her. I said, be very careful. Living your life by what you call news that is dispensed to you by people that deny the only truth that matters. And that is the truth that is found in the creed. If they deny the truths in the creed and the central figure of the creed, which is our Lord Jesus Christ, be very suspicious of them because they do not, no matter what they tell you, have a lifelong devotion to the truth. No, you don't. Case in point. Dennis Prager. I still have people send me emails. The greatest knowledge that you're going ever get. You need to join Prager. Year. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Is he right on some things? I suppose he is. Is he wrong on the things that are really important? Yes, he is. Here's a perfect example. December the 13th today. Here, here's the title. Yes, anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. Okay, the headline is wrong. The headline is is not correct. No, it's not. It most, as a matter of fact, you have it backwards. Anti-Zionism, which is a, a, as you said, a complete Zionism, a complete and total heresy, I'm keeping with the faith. And I'm saying that my Jewish king, my lord, that his immaculately conceived mother, a Jew, the foster, putative foster parent, a Jew, all descended from the line of David, this, that, that's the reality. I am defending that. that can, I, I cannot possibly be an anti-Semite.
1: No, no. And I mean I, I was interviewed by a journalist, I, I shouldn't have taken the interview, I've learned an awful lot since then, but I was interviewed by this really, really, I'm, honestly, it's, it's just to say, really dumb journalist and her producer was sitting over to the side. This is the clever guy who was going to cut it all up afterwards. Mm. But, um, but, you know, she's like pinging me on my alleged anti-Semitism. And I said, look, ma'am, the, the most sacred thing I do on a daily basis is to receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of a Jew, Jesus of Nazareth, uh, in Holy Communion that simply is non-compatible with anti-semitism and she she was actually a catholic I mean she was a cradle catholic a very liberal and 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 her catholicism was you know I think a little she confused it with like being part of the democratic party but (laughs) um um, uh, you know there are many catholic irish in boston which i think is what she was who are like that um joe doyle is a notable exception But anyway, she she looked impressed. Like, oh, okay, I never thought of it that way. Uh, Of course, the editor, the uh, the producer, cut that out of the interview, and that didn't air because they couldn't have me saying something that sounded reasonable. Um, That's that's what that's why Joe Doyle when he's when he's coming up against these real insidious journalists, he insists that everything be live, um, and and they can't edit it, and he gets in sound bites that they wish they could get out, but they can't. It's it's too late. (laughs) Uh, but uh, I'm not as quick as Joe. Joe's been doing this for for decades, and he's and he can <clears throat> speak while inhaling too, which also helps.
0: <laughs> yes, he can.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's a he's a, a real polished pro on that stuff. Uh, but and since that time, I made took this this uh, interview stupidly. Joe became my media advisor, so uh, I don't I don't make those mistakes anymore. But. Um, Anyway, so where, where were we with the discussion? So I, th- I think we settled the, you know, actually, Mike, let, let me just include this one thing. There's, there's one wrinkle I have to include in this. Sure. You, you, the, the, the Christians um, who uh, talk about this two covenant theory stuff, which, and by the way, no Catholic can say this. This is completely obliterated for Catholics. It's utterly, utterly and completely incompatible with Catholicism. The church has ruled definitively on this. You can't, you can't practice the the, the, uh, the Old Testament uh, sacrifices. You can't, you know, when it come when it's Easter time, you can't practice. Uh, you can't go to a seder meal. I mean, some people do these sort of fictitious seder meals. He's like they they stage these things so you can see what the Jews used to do at the time of our Lord. I mean, arguably that 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 might be okay, but if it's a religious ritual. I'm saying argument might be okay. Let me be more explicit. If all you're doing is staging something to see how they did it, they ate this stuff, then they drank this stuff, then they did this, that, that's an academic sort of thing. Um, that's okay. But as soon as it becomes a religious observance, Great. as soon as you're observing an actual Seder meal as a ritual, which it is by its nature, it's not just a meal. It's a, it's a, it's a ritualized meal. It was, in a way, prefigurative of the Mass. Although the people who say that the first mass was a seder meal are simply wrong, the seder meal came to an end. A new ritual began after it, and that's the mass. So there are many, so many errors on these points. But um, but if somebody uh, uh, practices the seder meal as a ritual, saying you know, oh, I'm I'm practicing this Old Testament ritual, it's biblical. Um, uh, that's a sin. That's a grave sin. St. Saint, Saint uh, Thomas Aquinas says it's a mortal sin and because it's a denial of Christ because the whole point of the Seder meal is to anticipate the greater reality that is to come and therefore when you do that, you deny his coming. The Mass itself is so much greater than uh, than the Seder. Why would you possibly want uh, uh, the, the, the shadow when you have the reality? And that's what's wrong with a lot of this... Um, this sort of, uh, I don't know what even to call it, this indifferentism, this, this ecumenical mm. thing uh, where we, we want to take and mash up Old Testament rituals with New Testament rituals. No, there was a break. There, but there was, a, there was a, a, a break in certain aspects, but there's a continuity with other aspects. And what do I mean here? So, so many... Uh, arguments between Catholics and non-Catholics and between, <laughs> between Catholics who are know what they're doing and, 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 and Catholics who are confused can be settled by a proper understanding of two, two concepts. One is the continuity of religion and the other is what is it in the old law that continues and what is it that, rem- that uh, was put to rest. So, the, the Old Testament was not evil. Our Lord said, I have not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Now, when he came to fulfill the law and the prophets, some aspects of, the, of, of what was in the Old Testament continued. And what would that be principally? Well, St. Thomas divided the, the, the old law between the ceremonial precepts, the judicial precepts, and the moral law. Right? Ceremonial, judicial, moral. Those are the three aspects of the old law. And the ceremonial were put to an end. This is why we can't do the Seder meal. This is why we don't have the temple sacrifices. This is why we don't, you know, uh, uh, have um, various uh, observances when, you know, that we don't, we don't circumcise. Um, we don't, you know, have the, the, uh, the ritual, uh, the concept of ritual impurity and therefore, you ha- a woman has to go and get herself purified forty days after the birth of a boy and eighty days after the birth of a girl. Yep. All that's been obliterated. That's the ceremonial law, because all of those things were fulfilled in Christ. For instance, Saint Saint Peter compares baptism to circumcision, uh, and favorably, right? So baptism's better, right? So that's why we don't circumcise, and until you know a bizarre 19th century Anglo-American phenomena entered the world with uh, uh, so-called medical prophylactic therapeutic—I uh, 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 almost said abortion—circumcision. Um, uh, uh, Christians didn't circumcise, right? So th- this is something that we just didn't do, and don't, and and shouldn't do, right? I mean, as a, if it were. Simply a medical procedure for because somebody's got a disease or something, okay, that's fine. You can cut off diseased parts to to, to save the healthy parts. But um, so-called prophylactic use of this is wrong. There's no reason for it. You don't cut off healthy tissue in order to prevent a disease that may or may not come uh, uh, seven decades later. Uh, no more than you would lop off a, a girl's mammary glands mm-hmm. when she's born so that she doesn't get breast cancer, right? It's, it's the, it would be the same argument, it would be the same abomination. But the point is about, um, so we don't follow these rituals anymore. They're done, they're over. They're, 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 they're fulfilled in Jesus Christ and in the superior rituals and superior ceremonies of the new law that were instituted by, instituted by our Lord himself. The, the other part, the judicial precepts, you don't stone disobedient sons to death anymore. You don't, we don't stone adulterous uh, wives. Uh, we don't do any of those things that are unique to the, to the judicial precepts of the Mosaic law. They're, those are no longer obligatory and they, and they haven't been followed, they weren't followed in Christendom uh, after, the, after the, the coming of our Lord uh what remains what remains is the moral law right essentially the natural law essentially enshrined in the 10 commandments with the exception of sabbatine observance uh the uh, uh the 10 commandments are essentially the natural law
0: that's right
1: so that remains and and it it's so funny i was in an argument on twitter uh it wasn't much of an argument i just i posted something about oh it's, Something was trending on Catholicism.org. I have no idea, but I had this thing I wrote, a dialogue with a gay Christian. Some a gay Christian was in quotes. Uh, I, I said, this is trending on Catholicism.org for some reason. And some guy comes on there, a guy named Philip. I told him I'd pray for him, so I've been trying to remember to pray for Philip. Um, this guy comes on, and, he, and, he, and he's got the you know the, the, the laugh emojis saying, Haha, Jesus never said anything about homosexuality. And uh, uh, the, 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 you, you Christians are hypocritical because you 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 knit you pick and choose, pick and choose. what in Leviticus you're going to observe and whatnot. See, he a, he has no idea. So I said, I said, y- you think I'm hanging my case on Leviticus? I actually I didn't actually say that. I said the moral law is binding. Christ did not uh, did not absolve us from the uh, moral law. And the funny thing is, he said, yeah, the moral law is not in the New Testament. The more the moral law Christians aren't bound to the moral law now this guy's obviously I looked at his Twitter feed and he's obviously an anti-christian probably somebody who's who's got a um, he's morally deranged and he's and he's got a, a vice that that, that he's uh, enslaved to and it's of course darkened his intellect and 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 now he acts like an absolute nut, nutter on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but I, I told him, I, I, I mean, I wasn't going to sit here and argue with him. I made a few points, and I said, this is completely, you know, if, if you really think that Christians aren't bound to the moral law, you, you don't know anything about Catholicism. Nothing. And you ignore, uh, you
0: know, much of what St. Paul says in his epistles. And I'll pray for you, Philip. And you could have pulled a Brother Francis on and you could have said, then I gave him one zinger as I went out the door. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're speaking with Brother Andre Marie, host of Reconquest Radio here on the Crusade Channel Live Talk Radio, mm-hmm. the way it should be here. And we're, 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 we've been in a weeks-long, months-long uh, conversation here about Zionism and about Judaism and uh, today about the, uh, the supposed purported two covenants. Now, I, I actually she did want to talk really interested in your ad rim about the uh, the, the devil and the and the masons um, but we may you may have to get back to class but I have to ask this question because I, I see it come up in the chat room I see it come up on Twitter it has been Drone back into my faith And that is, well, you obviously Don't know your own faith because the second Vatican Council changed that and the Jews the, 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 Now there were two covenants And Pope Benedict Oh no, just...
1: the Vatican I did not say that. It absolutely did not say that. Okay,
0: that's what I say. Well, Pope Benedict, your Pope, your Pope. They say, if they know you go to Latin Mass, our Pope is Benedict, right? Your Pope said it, and he, he repeated it, and Pope Francis has said it and repeated it. And I'm like, well, then that's a personal opinion, then, because the teaching has not changed. Am I right? You're absolutely
1: right. Okay. You're absolutely right. The, the, in fact, in fact... Um, you probably heard of a gentleman named Robertson Gennis, haven't you? I have heard of him. Interviewed him okay, many times. So, so Robertson Genis, so, something very interesting happened many years ago. It's uh, easily uh, ten years ago, probably more than that, probably closer to fifteen. And Robertson Genis <clears throat> um, was arguing about the, the issues regarding this, regarding the covenant and the supersession of the Mosaic law by the. The, uh, the, the, the law of um, the new law of Christ and people were jumping all over them and quoting this and quoting that and one of the things that they quoted was the official catechism of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops which of course hardly anybody ever reads but it does exist so it, and now now keep in mind when people say Benedict says this and, and Pope John Paul II said this and everything, Remember I said there's lots of confusion about this, right? and, and, and people confuse the old law with, with the promise made, promises made to Abraham and the covenant with, Mo, with the covenant with Moses. They confuse the covenant with Moses with the promises made to Abraham. The promises made to Abraham were absolutely unconditional. If you take many of the statements that are made by some of the more recent popes, they're talking about the promises made to Abraham. In fact, it's explicit in some of the things that they said. They're not talking about the Mosaic law. So when people talk about the Mosaic, you know, if, if somebody says, the promises made to Abraham are still valid. Of course they are. Of course they are. We're living them daily. We're living them daily. That's Again, right. okay. go back to St. Paul and Galatians. But the the, the 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 that's not the Mosaic covenant, and that's not what the Jews live. That, that Modern-day observant Jews, people who are not Christians, right? They don't believe in the Trinity. They don't believe in the Incarnation. They reject the New Covenant they reject the New, the, the New Testament, those folks aren't living it, out the promises made to Abraham. They're not, because the promises made to Abraham regarded Christ, and they were fulfilled. So, that's not hatred, that's just fact. That's a theological observation that Christians always believed. And if you, but if you look at, but here's the, the thing that happened with St. Genesis. The, the passage about this in the U.S. bishops' official catechism was, was heretical. It was highly problematic. St. Genes sent a dubium to Rome, and his dubium was answered. I, I, actually, let's see. Did, did they answer him directly? I forget. But shortly after his dubium was submitted, the U.S. bishops changed the catechism and uh, took out the problematic passage, ah. so, that it, so that it no longer talked about two covenants existing, coexisting side by side. And that, w- that was a huge victory, actually. I was, I was super impressed that that happened. I did not expect that that could have turned out that way. But he sent this dubium, and shortly after, the U.S. bishops, on instructions from Rome, altered the Catechism, and instead of having in it what they had, they simply excerpted, they quoted something from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which absolutely does not endorse or teach dual covenant theology. It absolutely does not, and what's dual covenant theology? That there are two covenants side by side. No, that's heresy. Catholics cannot believe that.
0: Okay, so I, I think that we have definitively answered uh, that question. And by the way, just for the edification of people that uh, think that uh, certain things may be said during this show, or maybe said during an episode of Reconquest, or during uh, a Paratalk, or any, anywhere else where you would hear it here, it shouldn't matter. Which mass I go to or brother goes to when we're talking about dogmatic things that are taught, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether I go to the new man the new right of mass, whether I go to the 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 Greek Melkite right or the Ambrosian or whether I go to the Ukrainian or the you know in in New Orleans we actually have Byzantine, or Byzantine, however you wish to pronounce it, Uh, there's actually a a Byzantine church. It's on Carrollton Avenue. I have friends that go to their Christmas Mass every year because they say it's beautiful. It doesn't matter. The teaching is the teaching. It applies to all. Oh, regardless of right. And I'm not going to interpret it a different way because of which mass I go to, and neither should you. We should all be on the same page when it comes to those things, especially those things that are, as we say, that are dogmatic. And the only reason I feel like I, I need to say that is because there are people that think that we rigids, we, we, we tradies as you go, think Different. We we think differently about the teaching, and that most of our thoughts are rigid and wrong, or are based in our choice of mass. It is not based on my choice of mass. It isn't. Now, yeah, we,
1: we we have to clarify our categories here. Well, you know, are we talking about the dogmatic teaching of the church? Are we talking about opinions? Or, you know, it, it, people. Dogmatic are teaching scat- of the church. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Well, I, I'm not faulting you. I'm saying. Right. No, I pe- don't know. People. People. Speak in sort of these this ambiance kind of language. It's like it's very fluffy. It's very it's very um, amorphous and nebulous. And and you can't do that. I mean, these these issues are too important for us to be nebulous about it. It's not a question. This thing about dual covenant theology. I mean, uh, Robertson Jones is not a traditionalist, and he was he was he was really really hot on this issue, and he was right. Um, so you know w- whether or not you're a traditionalist is is um, inconsequential. I mean, I know traditional there are traditionalists who are Zionists, you know, <laughs> who think Israel's great because their version of of of, of um, politics is conservative, quote unquote, American. Mainstream Republican politics. You know, you so. mentioned
0: you mentioned her one time. Uh, she's actually uh, uh, in. There's an essay by her in the Best of Triumph. You mentioned Solange Hertz. What? (laughs) I should just buy I should find out I don't know, maybe John Sharp is republishing Who's republishing Solange Hertz's books Like for example, somebody gifted me a copy This is 10, 12 years ago When I first started talking about this stuff On the XM channel A pair of books showed up in the mail At the old studio in the old country And they were written by this woman Named Solange Hertz And I'd never heard of her One was the heresy of Americanism um, and, <laughs> and I don't even remember if I read the whole thing But I know I do have it in the library It's in one of the book uh, collections that i stored Thinking that we were going to sell the house and move quickly But I do have it um, There is such a thing as And people have written about it As the heresy of Americanism Which is uh, you know, And as I said, I didn't read the whole thing I'm not going to do it. You and I are going to do a discussion about it Because I didn't read it Maybe you're familiar with it and you did it I do know that I would divide uh, certainly, and I would separate um, many of the uh, some of the things that are from uh, what Pauline Meyer calls um, uh, American Scripture. Which, you know, and and Meyer, before she died, she's certainly not one of us, but I did interview her and I did ask her about it. And practically speaking, she was like, these things that count that are today what I call American scripture it's like all men are created equal, and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Among these are the rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That's what Pauline Meyer said, that's American scripture. She you knows Every uh, 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 American who thinks they're a patriot can recruit, can spout that one off the you know the, the the top of their head. They all know that, and they all know others manifest destiny and things like that. And you know, her book was uh, was 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 kind of a secular takedown of that. Again, not going to discuss it, but there are a lot of people out there that are Catholics, and I'm not saying they're not good people. They're just they're just misguided. Look, and, I, I was one of those for years. I was a Zionist, Mike. Brother, I, I was, was a lead neocon and pimping for the Iraq invasion in two thousand. Believe me, I was an American scripturist.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought Rush Limbaugh's B- "Bomb Iran." Or, I mean, he didn't he didn't compose it, but I thought I thought "Bomb Iran" was hilarious. I mean, I I, I I um, this is why I get a little excited about some of these issues because I was I was snookered. You know, well. I was snookered by all kinds of stuff.
0: <laughs> it happens to all of them. snookering happens. <laughs> yes. You know I what you are You're not a pettifogger, you're a snookerer <laughs> <laughs> And I'll get you too, my little snookerer And I'm the and snookery I'm the snookery, <laughs> I'm the snookery. Uh, I would like all of you to go and read Brothers Ad Rim uh, And if we had time we would uh, discuss it uh, Order, Disorder, and the Wisdom of God This is really good And I was actually looking forward to it Maybe we'll save it for next Wednesday And uh, we'll do it on the next Wisdom Wednesday Or maybe you did this as a Reconquest no, no, I, I
1: didn't do it as a reclamation. Okay. There's, there's a lot to this piece uh, um, um, th- that I think is worth unpacking. It's and it's not about Freemasonry. It's I mean, I start by quoting "Ordo Ab which is a Freemasonic uh, motto, and I and I and I baptize it, and uh, and most of it is about uh, well, as the name says, order and disorder and the wisdom of God. How God's wisdom brings order out of disorder.
0: Um, that's really what it's about. And this is at uh, Catholicism.org. You could read it today. You should just go ahead and uh, pop your email address into that. Subscribe to catholicism org via email right there, and that would sign you up for the ad rem. Uh, oh, to, would it? Let me. I, I, yeah, I,
1: there's a there's a, well, there's some confusion on that. That email address it, we, that's on every page. Subscribe to catholicism via email. Yes. That's not for the ad rem. Okay. That's a separate. That's a separate thing, and in fact, uh, I'll drop that separate th- thing into the uh, into the chat room, so okay. everybody can see that one.
0: Okay, so um, it, it is the Feast of Saint Lucy, and uh, as I said, I, I know we covered her last year. That, and it did a, a really thorough, deep dive on uh, Saint Lucy, who is she's one of those saints that makes it into. I mean, she's in the Roman Canon of the Mass. So uh, that's, that's another thing. We, you could probably do a whole reconquest on this. When, when the, uh, our detractors and enemies, uh, or I like to say, that oh there are part parts of that mass that were just made up. And that they were just done, you know, after Luther here to do this and that and the other. And that's not supposed to be. And that wasn't part of the Christian tradition. And Luther was the real traditionalist. And this and that and the other. I'm like, okay, well, then how did St. Lucy get in there? That's, sec- that's fourth century. There are saints from the third century in the canon of the mass that are recognized. Are you saying that they weren't Christians? Or is, is she not a, it, you know, some of this stuff is just, it's so common, to me it's so practical and common sense. When I see St. Lucy and I see that list of, of, of St. Cecilia, Anastasia and all that in the mass, I don't question how they got in there. Why, are they, <laughs> what exactly is the question? They're, they're there because they were early Catholics. But some people seem to think that, that oh, there were no Catholics until, in, in, until Luther straightened everything out. Nobody called it. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Was well, the, called-
1: the, 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 the Council of Nicaea, right? So I, I, I believe in one, one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Yes. Luther said he believed in the Catholic Church. Luther used the word Catholic. Well, there you go. <laughs> so you know the, the, this. Uh, I mean, they, they. Most Protestants pray the Nicene Creed. Most Protestants use the Nicene Creed. Now it's funny. They think they can. They think they can tweak it, to like just like they can tweak Scripture and 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 and, and cut and paste. Uh, virtually all Protestants, by the way, cut and paste Scripture. They did it with the canon, and they do it in Scripture all the time. Most Protestants today think that as long as you're a good person, uh, it doesn't matter what you believe. So they went from being. Uh, sola script—they uh, went from being sola fides to being uh, only good works. They went from most Protestants went from being old faith alone to only good works alone is what saves you. But uh, and, and 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 I mean, I can back that up with lots of anecdotal evidence because so many people, so many Protestants say it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're a good person. Well, define good person. Well, the, the, you know, you, you don't murder anybody. You pay your taxes, and uh, you cross lady, you cross old ladies across the street and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's 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 a it's a works only religion. It went from it became the exact sort of inversion of what it started being. The Catholic system of salvation has consistently been the same since day one. It's faith and works, faith it, it, it's it's faith which worketh by charity, right? And it's very scriptural. So I don't know. It, it it's hard to be too patient with uh, with people who who hold on to this these traditions of man that came into existence in the 16th century.
0: True, Dad. True, Dad. Uh, brother, what is uh, actually on uh, tonight's episode? Uh, this is episode 401 of Reconquest. But let me add, we do have to be patient with them. Okay. <laughs>
1: well,
0: <laughs> Even if it's hard. Well, you, so you, you, so
1: okay. I'm adding that for myself, by the way, because I I have to work on patience.
0: Blessed are well. If you just repeat the Beatitudes, and um, I forget who the priest was, it might even have been Brother Francis. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, uh, I think it was in apologetics, the brother says something to the effect, you know, the Jews are sitting there and they're expecting the, the big Sermon on the Mount. Here, 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 here comes our Messiah, and he's going to tell us how he's going to take the Romans on and restore and restore us, as, you know, and restore our kingdom and all that. And he comes out and goes, Blessed are the poor in spirit. What? Milka, what? What? <laughs> uh, and, and I tell uh, uh, friends and, some, and certain family members, you know, "Oh gosh, such and such is on the phone. I don't know if I I'm like, maybe they're just lonely. Consider it a, an act of charity. Maybe they just need they need you to answer that phone and talk to them and suffer through forty minutes when it should only be four. So uh, uh, think of it that way. Maybe you're maybe you're you're, you're doing a, a good work. Maybe they are poor in spirit and they just need some camaraderie, or some conversation. So yes, patience is indeed a uh, or, or temperance we know is a virtue, and so patience, as they say, is a virtue. So yes, be patient always. Easier said than done, isn't it? Oh yeah. Okay, so what is on on episode 401? So episode
1: 401 of Reconquest is called um, Confederates Catholics. Oh,
0: there's a new book out. Yeah.
1: It's an interview with, I'm trying to drop it in the chat room, but I've got a private chat going on that I really have to close. I'm sorry I'm doing this to you, but... um, i gotta do this okay um so uh yeah it, it's it's number four o one and it's um Oh, God, I can't. Cl- how do you close these private chats? I it's
0: in the top right-hand corner. It's, it's invisible. Yeah. Uh, when they changed their style sheets, they changed it. You can't see it, but there is an X there. I'm like, yeah, I can't.
1: I can't. I, okay, I can't do this. Okay, so anyway, um, thank you. Thank you, Maggie. Hey, so it's it called you. Catholic Confederates. My my guess is uh, Dr. Grazian Krajewski, and I owe a debt of gratitude to the poll. Cesari Pawełek for uh, telling me how properly to pronounce Grazian um, Krajewski. And I practiced it a lot. And when I got on the air with the guy, naturally I screwed it up. By the way, and, the, and he threw me a curveball because he pronounces his last name with the Polish pronunciation, Krajewski, but he sort of Americanized Grazian uh, to Gratian. So then I really tripped because I, I have a very Feeble mind for for Polish pronunciations, and after practicing it, he threw me this curveball, and I ended up falling on my face. But anyway, other than that, the interview went very well. And if Mike, you notice the sound is the quality is a little different, mm-hmm. it's because I did it in this here office where I'm sitting right now uh, for v- various circumstantial reasons mm-hmm. that I won't bore you with. Um, so we we did it at late Thursday night. Last week, because uh, Friday was the Immaculate Conception, and I didn't want to do that on that day. I didn't want to interrupt him. Okay. So he's on the he's on the West Coast, so uh, so it was like nine o'clock at night we started the interview. But wow, what a guy! I mean, brilliant and and a, an easy interview because he's because he's a great conversationalist.
0: Uh, yes, and the thing I ran into when trying to book him was West Coast Time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, it's, it's hard, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so I'm familiar. But people are raving about the book. What, do, what say you about the book? Uh,
1: I can say nothing about it because i haven 't read it <clears throat> he sent it to me, and I still haven 't gotten it it didn 't come in time for the interview i read I read uh, reviews of it and I listened to an interv- a, an interview that he gave with Steve Cunningham and I also listened to uh, an interview uh, not an interview but a a, a a speech he gave at some uh, university about it so I had a bunch of uh, stuff to, to to go by. And and, uh, plus a little bit of knowledge of the of the subject uh, going into it. So, um, but yeah. uh, So I I don't know. People are raving about it. Steve's raving about it. Steve Cunningham is absolutely. uh, He's loving it.
0: Well, um, uh, the the Southern Confederate Catholics is definitely a, 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 a thought starter of a title, to say the least. And especially in the climate in, um, in, in which some things are, are, are happening here in these United States these days, where, where, where there are many people that are, you and I are not alone anymore. And, and others that I think like us are not alone when there are people that have bigger megaphones than you and I have that are going like, stop taxing me to kill Palestinians. I demand that you stop. Now, if demands don't work and they're not going to, I, just, I, I, again, fertile imagination here. I wonder what is brewing out there amongst the population, or the, uh, the Vox Populi, because these atrocities that are being committed, I mean, we have been completely shielded. From what is going on in, um, from what is, is, is it has been going on in Ukraine, uh, the the past uh, well coming up on two years now, the, the past what 22 months, we have yeah. been completely shielded. There has been, there are no pool reporters out there that are reporting anything that is true. Everything is placed, everything is scheduled, everything is schemed, everything is is connived. It is all meant to to tell a certain story. Um, uh, It's the same deal. Thanks to the the, the social media and some brave, intrepid souls, we are getting some awful, awful news and uh, images and reporting out of what remains of Gaza. And again, if you think that the, just because this is Israel is doing it and that they came with impunity, perform their own Holocaust and they're going to get away with it. Uh, I don't think that that's that's I don't think that's going to work out the way that they think it's going to work out. So um, and that's why we keep having these shows here for especially for people that maybe just aren't getting it or didn't get to listen to the last time or didn't hear it. Uh, do not be swayed by this argument that we are joined at the hip with with, with, with that and with many of them who call themselves Jews or Talmudic Jews or rabbinical or whatever it is. The covenants are not the same. Ours is the one and the only one, and that's what you need to know. So we do keep repeating it. So, uh, brother, I'll let you go. Get back to the uh, class. God bless you. Look forward to that episode. Really look forward to that. And, uh, folks, you'll be able to find it at crusademax.com later on this evening as soon as it is there. Of course, you can listen to it live for the first time at the world premiere tonight at 8, uh, 8 Central, 7, uh, 8 Eastern, 7 Central. Brother, God bless you. Thank you guys so much for your work, and uh, we'll uh, talk soon. God bless you, Mike, and God bless all our listeners.